Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Bearcats! 20, 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house. live it's different live and direct to our thousands of live followers live watchers hey there folks welcome back to viola cats it's about damn time but it's in person we are live from the bowels of scottsdale arizona uh we are the cincinnati podcast representing the 1012 network and we are here to bring you all the weekly coverage of the bearcats this week from Arizona, as well as Provo, which will be coming up very soon in just a few days. It's uh, Wednesday right now, and we'll be out there Friday. So without further ado, gentlemen, let's uh, let's kick this one off. Yeah, right. Get a nice little kick. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. 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 Now, Steve, what are we drinking right. here? Uh, no free ad, so I won't mention the brewery, but this is a Scottsdale Blonde. So Yeah. Lawns, here's to you. Nice. Not as good as Cincy Light, but okay. pretty close on it's taste. A, you know, right. it is a Kolsch style lager. Yeah. So, uh, trying some of the local stuff. Um, Justin, is there a local beer for BYU? Is is that a is that I don't really think that's a thing, is it? I think the closest thing that you could probably get would be a milkshake with Bailey's, maybe. I well, think that's about it. Are they are, are they allowed to have Bailey's? That's the thing. Well. Yeah, no. <laughs> you might get a specialty decaf coffee in there, but see, here's the thing that I'm really curious about is they do mention a lot of tailgating, but what do you do if you can't drink? I don't. I mean, I, I guess you could. Yeah, eat. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah, eat. That's fair. There's a lot of good eating at tailgates. See, but... I I kind of wonder if it's like you know certain other dom- denominations where they do as they say, but uh, you know they they say they have all these things and then they just. They don't really. I, okay, we'll so we'll just to explain to the listeners what we're doing, uh, this is Justin, Nick, and I, and we are uh, all nope. here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are about to go to BYU this Friday. 
And we're all going to take in Cincinnati's first road Big 12 game together. Yes, sir. This is an idea that Nick had uh, earlier, uh, about two years ago when we first got introduced into the Big 12. And then uh, we decided to see who else would be interested. And Justin and I, uh, Justin said he was interested, and we decided to make it just a full party. So I am excited about it, and uh, it's it's going to be a great time. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the people have for those who can't see and and you don't want to see but steve's dog is um taking to using the artificial turf and and the only way she knows how because it's too hot for her to walk on this around here just the, the worst the worst time to... oh man <laughs> Oh, man, I haven't been able to laugh right since I first got COVID, but damn, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, honey, you're too cute. But also, you just, you're kind of dumb. It's okay, girl. Okay. okay. All right, so for those of you who are unaware, <laughs> honey just took his shit while we're trying to do that. Yeah, that's how I try to say it delicately, but yeah, she just, yeah. This is 100% staying in. That was fucking fantastic. Oh, my God, I have tears in my eyes. Ooh, let's see if I can get that breath. It's okay. Back. You're you're oh. okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she wasn't ready for the bright lights. Ah, no. Well, you know who amongst us is. Uh, you know who certainly wasn't. You see, but you know what? We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Ah, uh, that that Oklahoma. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, oh man. You know how's that for a transition? That was a fantastic Thank transition. You. Let's yeah. get into it. Let's, uh, let's unpack it. this oh. game. Um, so Oklahoma. Yeah. Ooh. I thought the best way to put it, um, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar, we used to be, uh, Steve and I used to run the Barstool account for Cincinnati. and We're sorry for all the dumb tweets. We are really sorry for all the dumb tweets. And I don't know if we can apologize, but we'll apologize on behalf of all the other dumb tweets that are still coming out, even though we're not in charge of that. Uh, Yeah, besides the point, there was a really fucking funny one today. Did you see that? I did not. Had uh basically was saying there was a white substance on the field that <laughs> the UC football team was unfamiliar with, and blind. <laughs> I'm telling you, since I first got COVID the first time, the first and second and third time, it just screwed my lungs, man. I can't, I can't laugh right anymore. But besides the point, uh, yes, we are very unfamiliar with the end zone. Um, we could not hit the broad side of a barn, uh, and all credit to them. They hustled hard. And I think the real credit here goes to Oklahoma's defense. Oklahoma had a fantastic defense in this game. They understood what they were doing. They showed up and they were ready. And unfortunately, uh, made the Bearcats end zone scoreless for the first time since, uh, a familiar team that we will be visiting on Friday was visiting so mm-hmm. or we were visiting them so, Did yeah. something else happened in that game yeah our coach said some stuff yeah before he went on to have a career of saying some stuff yeah he was in the news again this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know what he did but uh it week. wasn't great oh, i know so. what he did back then i don't know what he did no no this week it wasn't great what he did this week because i um so yeah, anyways uh, that was a not the best reminder the um yeah. the bookends of uh, the Luke Fickle era at UC or your home team, uh, your your team not scoring a touchdown in a home game. So uh, both national brands, BYU and Oklahoma, but 
a little bit of different circumstances for each coach, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I was not able to watch. I was out in San Diego supporting uh, my youngest brother, David, who is not on the podcast. Congratulations. You have a life, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know, not Shocker, only does he have life, he has a little brother that plays football, the family athlete. It wasn't oh, yeah. me. I wasn't built like this till college. And by that point, I was an eight-string tight end of the bars and uh, equipment guy, basically, and for the football team. So, you know. Yes. Sorry, continue. I can I can concur with all of that. I was a six year video athlete. Yeah, yeah, uh, same here. And uh, you know, I bowled in high school. <laughs> Does your wrist crack too? Because mine like literally cracks. And I don't know why. I do know why. Because I bowled four days a week. And I did this. <laughs> Dude, I I I gotta get yeah, that like checked my, out. My like shoulder too is like in constant pain. I I sleep yeah. in my side, but I sleep in the. Anyways. Um, anyway, sorry. Coming to term, did you eat something, honey? Steve was not able to watch the full game, right? Uh, yeah, because he was watching his brother. Well, so I wanted to, uh, so because of that, I wanted to ask Nick. You know, you were able to watch this game. I was, yes, and you were not on post game space. Sorry, folks, for not, not being on the post game spaces last couple of weeks. By the way, um, yeah, I, I have a, uh, had some other things going on. Sorry about that. Um, I did not watch the fourth, uh, the second half of the Miami game, and some are saying I should never watch it, and I might have only watched the first quarter. Recommend of the Oklahoma game. So, you know, both of those things, I maybe I'm the bad luck charm, guys. Maybe it's because I'm not watching the games that they're losing. See, I've watched every game, and I don't think any of us could be a good or bad luck charm. I think it is just purely at the will of the universe at well, this point. So, Nick, I just want to get your quick thoughts on on the game. What went wrong for UC, uh, and what what did we do well? So, really, it's the same thing that happened in Miami. It's just not the best play calling. And really, the biggest thing there is red zone inefficiency. We're getting the red zone. We're getting there a lot of times with great defense, you know, pick up some uh, interception or fumble recovery, you know, keep them short. And yet we just cannot convert when it matters. And you just can't. It's like hockey and um, power play efficiency. Like, that's the, that's the statistic that makes or breaks a team is if you're in the zone and you're able to make that power play, can you actually do it? And we just we just couldn't do it. Miami, we just got I not even outplayed. We just like we just shot ourselves in the foot a lot with bad calls. We had like six or seven, you know, two yards to go in the in overtime or double overtime, whatever. And we just could not punch that ball in for the life of us. Here as well, we'd get pretty close and just could not ever do it. And so it's just that red zone inefficiency is really gonna kill us if we don't fix that. If and I think that's I don't want to say it's a talent thing because those players, you know, like they're doing their best with what they've got. But I think it is a play calling thing of we're just not calling the right plays or we're not running the right routes. You know, something's not happening on the the highest level that's trickling down to what's actually being played. Well, and I think it's a very interesting perspective, too, when you look at the plays that are being run, because it is just so repetitive. It doesn't it yep. doesn't change. You don't see a new look Um a lot of it feels very much the the same complaints that we had with Denbrock when it was yeah. like, all so, right, right, let's run it up the seam for inside who run, we are. Outside run, screen pass, punt every yeah. time. And it's just, it's the same repetitive thing. And you get to like third and five and we're just going to do the same thing over and over again. And then the QB draw, when you run that, it just ends up being ineffective because a team like Oklahoma knows it's coming every single time. Mm-hmm. And so when you continue to give them the same look and you don't change that, they are going to pick up on that. And I think that Miami figured that out pretty quick. Oklahoma sure as hell figured it out. And I hope that BYU has not been paying attention. Yeah. So I really hope they have been paying attention. I am kind of wondering, uh, 
if we, you know, just, uh, it was interesting if, I'm sorry, I don't know where I was going with that, but so, you know, obviously our defense did play well in this game. I wonder if that's more on Oklahoma or more on us, because in the two games that Oklahoma has played against pretty subpar competition, they have looked like otherworldly, 66, 73 points. Against SMU and UC, two teams who might be closer than we thought, um, you know, 28 and 20. So horrible thought. Well, hey, they're I mean, power SMU, five now. Yeah, they're power five. Some way. <laughs> Sorry. And now they're going to tank the ACC. Yeah. Um, regardless, yeah, it's, it's – it's, so I don't know. I mean, let, let me ask you this though. Um, as someone who's not watched the really been able to watch as much as the last few, have they run a speed option to the outside like they did in that first and that's that pit game that really like got a bunch of chunk yards on the first on that first first drive? I don't think we did. I don't recall it. I either. don't either in Miami or I mean, Oklahoma. I don't think we that, ran a speed. That seemed option. to work, honestly. Yeah, you know? and so, we got some fast guys out there. You'd think not every play. You know, we're not Navy, but yeah, if you throw it in the mix, get some speed option there. Like Emory can run and throw, and we got some great receivers, great running backs. Like, well, and then just run some eye formation. <laughs> now, throw it back to the 40s, run some pistol. So, listening back on some other just national podcasts, they were kind of saying that while Cincinnati made some mistakes, there were some opportunities for UC to take advantage, and just the plays were not made either. Uh, would yeah. you guys concur with that? Just 100%. Me? I mean, that, that was the worst part is like. There were so many chances, and and honestly, like if you look at the first downs, I'd have to look at it again really closely, but I'm pretty sure we had the same amount of first downs, or it was like Oklahoma maybe had two more than Something we did, like and we had way more possession time than they did. Yeah, like, uh, we dominated possession time comparatively, so like there was no reason that we shouldn't have been able to convert. But again, it's just not changing up your looks. You're burning these plays. You're getting those first downs, but once it comes to the end zone they turtle up and they just completely fall apart. And I, it, it, it's incredible to me how that has continued to be a problem after you let Miami beat you because of that. Right. If there was any, and that's, that's what we all said is like, if there's any game, that's going to be a kick in the ass. That's going to wake you up. It's going to be losing to Miami and you're going to see all the issues, all that film. You're going to run that and you're going to get your ass chewed out. And then you're going to go play against Oklahoma. And that's not going to be a problem anymore. If Oklahoma wins, it's going to be because they figured out something else that you didn't know was a problem yet, and they're going to beat you. And nope, Oklahoma took advantage of everything that they saw in the Miami game, and we did not change our looks at all. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, I the worst part of the Miami game for me is that I, I knew a lot of people from Miami, and I, I mean, mixed relations. So the worst part is seeing the bad people from Miami have any sense of joy from that game. Absolutely terrible. But the second worst part was seeing us be in the red zone for overtime multiple times, making just terrible mistakes. We get on the one yard line with like three, you know, second down, whatever, and just not, and just trying to throw a fade route and then get called for holding, get put back 10 yards. Like it's like just yeah. the Eagles, the Eagles do it best. Just push them in for a yard. I know, I don't know if I believe the 90% statistic, but push them in for a yard, get him in there. Like Emery's a tall, he's a long dude. Yeah. He can just reach over that guy or reach over a defender and put the ball in the end. Just let him do it. I honestly think, too, like, I don't know if it's part of Emery's, you know, unfortunate history, just given some injuries that he's had. But I don't know if they're trying to be a little bit more conservative with the way he plays, because he is passing a lot, a lot more than you would yeah. traditionally think for a guy. 41 throws last yeah. game. Uh, I don't know insane. if that's really going to do it. And that's that's exactly what I pointed out, because I, I don't understand why somebody who is as capable as a dual threat quarterback as Emery Jones 
why is he throwing the ball 41 times in a game that did not go to overtime, in a game that was decidedly in your hands? Like, you had that game, and it was thrown away. Steve, I'm honestly glad that you didn't watch that game because if you went through and watched every single second of that game, it was pure agony because it was the same thing against Miami. And I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people really annoyed because they're going to have to remember this. What is a game that ended 6-20 to uh, 20 about that we got many drives down the field and did nothing with them, but most of them resulted in uh, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt, and uh, perhaps. Oh, are you talking about the Cotton Bowl? Yeah. Oh. That's so, what that game felt like to yeah. me. That is exactly what that game felt like to me. It felt like another team had a good defense, a great defense, showed up, knew how to play, and knew how to shut you down, and your one-dimensional offense could not do anything, and you couldn't put a touchdown on the board. That's what uh, that felt like. Just to recap, so 21 first downs for each, third, 3 of 15 on third down for UC, 6 of 16 for Oklahoma. Which uh, is a good thing, actually. Yeah. 141 rush yards for UC, 103 for Oklahoma. Total yards, 425 for Oklahoma, 376 for us. Two interceptions for them, one fumble loss for Oklahoma. Did win the possession battle by five minutes, but um, I think missing that field goal at the end of the first half probably hurts. And then you don't kick that field goal on fourth down in the fourth quarter, and right. you don't get that either. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's two plays, but it just it's kind of just surprising that it's <laughs> it's been the offense has been diminishing returns in every game. So right, he yeah. started at 66, 27, 24, 6. Well, here, and I, I put this tweet out today because I thought this was really interesting. We scored 66 against EKU. We've scored 57 since then, and we've allowed 72. Mm. So we have been at a negative differential, minus yeah. 15 over the last three games. And that is not something I would have thought coming out of playing against Miami of Ohio, Pitt, and Oklahoma. And that Oklahoma, Pitt, I mean, that Pitt game is diminishing returns as well because uh, they, they, they don't look uh, too good. I don't want to really talk about them too much more. But yeah. um, but so it's funny you brought up the, the Cotton Bowl because something I noticed at the Cotton Bowl being there and something I noticed with Oklahoma and all these bigger programs is the O-line. And nothing about the way they're playing is protect. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But it's the way they take care of them off the field, like immediately. Like they got oxygen tanks. They got special trainers just for them because they're going to be on the field so much and they're so important and like so undersold. But like that's why Alabama was beating us on the line every time other than I mean, they were running it straight down the gut when we were running a three-four defense. Like they just knew, but because their guys were bigger than ours, they had oxygen tanks. Like they were ready to go so much more often than we were. And if we're gonna have seventeen minutes possession, you know, five minutes more than the other guys, we gotta. Now that we have the Big Twelve money, we gotta be putting that into these underserved positions, the O line and D line. If they're gonna be our big money makers, like our big plays, you know, setting them things, these things up, we gotta be taking care of them off the field, which we're not doing right now. That's so. Fair. I do want to bring up the big – do you guys have any more points no, on this no, game? Go for it. Because Parker Thune, he is a uh, writer for the uh, rival site covering Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, he mm. said, it does not sound like there are only 40,000 people here. This place is deafening, awesome environment for college football. So if you want to yeah. take away a positive from that, you're getting respect from an Oklahoma guy who's obviously been in some of the bigger environments in college football mm. covering Oklahoma. And – gave you that credit like and yeah. so i do think that that was just something i was a little bit worried about after miami game it's like okay are not as many people going to come and show up but big new kickoff was there people were excited about that that crowd was full mm -hmm. there was a lot of people also there like full crowd for the game as well yeah. 
the enthusiasm for this Oklahoma game was not dampened by that. Oh, not the slightest. Well, and let's put it this way, too. I mean, I don't think going forward for the season, say for whatever God forbid reason that you can't find a way to muster out a win at BYU, which no discredit to BYU. I think they're good. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I think if you come back to, you know, Iowa State, you're going to have homecoming. You're probably going to have Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift there. That's another conversation also later in the show. Um, I think when you look at some of the games coming down the the radar here, if we don't put it together another win, we're on a three-game slide. I still don't see a reason why those games aren't sold out. I still don't see a reason why somebody who's paying God knows how much per ticket now. $300 for Oklahoma tickets just to get out. Just like the basic ones. So I I don't see how people don't show up. No, yeah. So I was there Friday night in Clifton uh, going up with some friends. And all the parking lots on campus were permanent only or they were going to tow you. And they had tow trucks and every single one of them just waiting for somebody to come in. Outside, they had $30 parking. $30 parking just to the night before at like 6 p.m. You know, just and so, but like it showed up. I went to the tailgate. I actually got into the stadium like three hours before the game, but I just walked right through security. Um, Pro tip, probably don't do that, but it's not that hard. Uh, (laughs) But it was absolutely packed on campus. People were loving being there, excited to be there. There were also too many Oklahoma people for my taste, but I guess being in a bigger conference, that's what you expect is people are going to travel more. And You're so, going to expect that people actually give a shit about right, the teams. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> we're making a good showing of that. Like for our team of now we're in a big 12, we're power five conference, probably going to be power three in the next 10 years. Uh, but showing up, showing be sooner know, than that. probably <laughs> traveling, you know, that's a big thing that these teams do. And that's a good experience for us to be like, there's going to be a ton of fans there. There were a lot of people in the garages. A lot of people walk around with Oklahoma. I saw some Oklahoma tailgates, like, in the regular UC season ticket holder tailgate section. Really? I don't know how they got that, but yeah. I would would say, though, that, like, maybe we try and tell people, like, hey, let's not uh, sell those to other people because we want to be able to create that environment again for UC. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why you don't really need to expand on Nipper. I think, like, Nipper is perfect as is. I don't think you need to do much to it because, one, it costs money. And, two, like... With the amount of people that are watching games on TV now, and you've already got a great environment, I don't really see the need to change it that much. Yeah, and honestly, I think the way that I look at it is the only way you can expand Nippert is to either vault the end zone or and continue that up and do like a horseshoe-style kind of addition. Or if you find a way to add a third deck over top of this double deck, like I think... Initially, the idea of it sounds fun because it's like, yeah, let's make a bigger stadium. But then at the end of the day, like like you said, people pack it out. It's a rowdy environment. It's loud. It's unlike many, many other mm-hmm. environments in college football. And, and for that reason alone, I think you should just buy into that. And hell, I mean, if you have a rougher season and you're in the Big 12 and you're playing some big teams like this, I think you could still find a way to sell 40,000 oh, tickets. And if absolutely. you can sell out... Every game, I'd prefer to sell out every game, keep our games valuable versus add a bunch of tickets and add a bunch of seats that probably don't get sat in if the Bearcats aren't having a good season. Right. I mean, so CCM, you can't get too close to that in general because it's a historic building. I think the only way, like we are saying, you either add a third deck, you change up the press box again, which it's only been eight years, or you you basically take out center court, stadium view, all the, the food court and rec center and the, um, what's that, the scoreboard, 
and you try and build back right. there. But even then, I think at some point, it's good that we keep it the way this is because it's in the middle of campus and people go there during the week. I mean, there's always activities out there, things, people are doing things. And if you build too much at a certain point, you might have to lock it off. You say it's yeah. a huge facility. We've poured too much money into it to let the regular students use it, which stinks. I mean, I, I'm, I had a lot of activities on there in my days in school. Like it's a great place to be great place to hang out. And I, I love that it's middle campus. People can use it. You go to Where else? You go to UK, you go to all these places. They don't have that. You can't go on their fields just like as a regular student. Where else can you go in college football where you play intramural softball and have a dude from the church uh, the church team who's playing against you just bomb a ball all the way almost to the second deck? Yeah. That's yeah. nipper, baby. No, That's, yeah. Yeah, or if you hit it uh, to left field for the intramural softball, it, <laughs> it's just going to roll. Like oh, that thing yeah. Rolling, yeah. baby. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, our parents used to call it Nippert Beach back in the day because people would go suntan there. Like, uh, pretty cool. <laughs> did see that once or twice. To, uh, to have that, you know. So, uh, I, I am just, uh, I'm proud of people for being uh, showing up and not being fair weather. You know, obviously, like first Big Twelve game against Oklahoma in our house going to be just a big, big atmosphere for people. But um, I was, I was pretty happy about that. So speaking yeah. of people that went to games oh. this weekend, yeah, oh, uh, there was a pretty famous person uh, who came and played in front of Taylor Swift. Uh, his name is Travis Kelsey. Oh, and yeah. he played uh, a show in front of 60,000 fans, including the one and only Taylor Swift and his mom. Same booth. Is it really a show, though, if it's against the Bears? Like, but anyways, no, he put on a great point. Well, uh, you know, uh, they call the Harlem Globetrotters entertainment now. Yeah, so I think the true. Bears are on the Washington general level. Right there's never now. a doubt that Travis Kelsey so. is probably first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I like that dude a whole lot. Obviously very talented. And good for him for going out for Taylor, with Taylor Swift. If, if he is, now granted, that's still technically a legend. I mean, every Instagram reel, every ESPN news cycle is, oh, they're definitely going out. Here's what they're doing. But on their own show, they're like, well, you know, like, we, we hang out. We, we talk to each other. Like, we'll see. They did like a minute segment on like, Oh, you know, we 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 said hi, and, and the, like things are it's a personal life kind of thing, and everybody's talking about it. it's like, we'll see. Maybe yeah. this whole thing. The funniest thing to me is this whole thing is just like, well, you know, we hung out a few times. They said it's not really gonna work out, but it's all amicable, and all these go bought like four hundred percent increase in his jersey sales and so like, like yeah. and then it all just <clears throat> just goes away. The numbers change, I think, is pretty insane. I mean, it's to be expected. But I, I've already seen paparazzi photos of Travis Kelsey, which I have never before seen. And I think that the fact that this is like week old official-ish news and we're already not even week old. This was Sunday and we're already seeing this stuff roll out. I think is just fantastic. I'm really curious to see how this ends up. I mean, I, I think based on if, if there's anything to learn from all of the Taylor Swift fans, apparently... For those of you who follow star signs, they apparently align very well. And um, it is looking really good for these two. So I don't know what to take away from that. But right. um, I mean, there's nothing there's if we're gonna if we're gonna let's just front it and be real here. Yeah, sure. Travis Kelsey is clearly a very caring and passionate person. Yeah, I love him. And I podcast. think he deserves somebody who is also that way. And I hope that Taylor Swift is that for him. And sure. I don't think that there's really much else to say about that. No, but okay. Actually, I do have one question for you guys. Now, if let's just say if this doesn't work out and he ends up as the subject of one of her songs, do you have a line for that? 
because I've I've seen a few online, like I I threw you a dime of my love and you fumbled it away or something like that. Like mm. or you know, I was from '89, but he was '80. No, he wasn't '87. I'm from '89, but they were both born in 1989. Well, I know they are. They were, but like because his number is 87. Well, she's already written a lot of songs about that. I yeah, think. Yeah. I hope it works out for the both of them. I really do. Here's what I think happens. They're happy together. They get engaged. They get married. And we have a whole bunch of Swifties buying Cincinnati football gear and supporting the Bearcats Dude, because yeah. that's where Travis Kelsey okay. gets to college. Here's, here's, no, all right. Yes. So you know the old domino meme? This is what will end this segment. Hello. She's really psyched <laughs> about this. Yes. We said Taylor Swift and Honey went crazy. Um, here's, here's what I think really gets the people psyched. This is how this happens. Domino. Taylor Swift and Kanye, BMAs. That's where it starts. Sure. You then continue. Next step up. Travis Kelsey becomes the best tight end in football. You then continue a little more. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift get engaged. They get married. Continue a little more. They have a child or two together. Then Travis Kelsey retires. Hall of Fame. Very quick. And then what you follow that with. A Taylor Swift concert at Nippert Stadium. A Taylor a Swift concert at Nippert Stadium. With Kanye? Taylor Swift concert at Nippert Stadium. In Bearcats gear, Ooh. which then changes, the forever changes the amount of viewership and support that goes into the Bearcats channel. Oh, yeah. And this, this is how we become Big Brother. This Ooh. is how the Bearcats take over and this is how the Bearcats go into the national championship. It is all because Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift end up together. And that, because all they- the way down the pipeline through the butterfly effect, leads to the Bearcats winning multiple national championships because they are the most viewed and most supported and heavily, most heavily NIL supported team in NCAA FBS football. Hell yeah, brother. Hell I'm yeah. See, I, I really like what we're doing here. I like that a lot. That's uh that's pretty good. Honey, honey approves as well. But unfortunately we have to beat Miami of Ohio for any right. of that to happen. And also this is still alleged. Well, hey, 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 hey. This is still all alleged. Let's learn from the let's so we'll, learn we'll, from the Swifties. Ride or die. You know, ride or die. Yeah, we do. We ride or die. Uh, they they don't stop just because of maybe one bad song or one, you know, not so great. I don't think album. you can say that you know, she has a bad they, song or they'll come after you. They've been ride or die for about fifteen years now. And they're not going to stop true. being ride or die right now. They got the money to be well, able to buy no, all those kinds of Neither will we. No. But no. damn, I feel like I'm dying right now. <laughs> no, I got a friend in my group chat. He's a huge Swifty. And he's like, uh, all my all the girls I go to these concerts with, they're dying about this. I just, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. It's all over the news. Like, that's my girl. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It's like, okay. Like, I mean, as cool as it is, like, what am I going to do with this information? Other than true. wait for what? Other than wait for her line of Bearcats gear to come out, and then we'll just be a, a perennial champion. But until that point, what do what we, we do with that information? information? Speaking about Bearcats gear, I am very curious. I don't know, but I do know where you can find some gear. Oh, and you can find that gear at charliehustle.com. Oh, Charlie Hustle. www.charliehustle.com. This one's on the fly, boys. So we're just putting it in here. But sliding right in like Charlie Hustle. Yeah. Sliding right in. Yeah, sliding right in, just like Charlie Hustle. For those of you who aren't familiar, we have partnered with Charlie Hustle this season. You can use our code 
or the network 101215. That is 101215 for 15% off of non-sale items. And that will be a very, very nice little way to purchase perhaps a little bit of new Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift gear mm-hmm. that could be on the docket, which actually is already coming through. Unfortunately, it is Kansas City colored, but they are a well. Kansas City-based company who does heavily, heavily support the Big 12, and we are just waiting for our department in UC to mm-hmm. give them the go-ahead to make some Bearcats gear. So until then, you can support some other Big 12 schools. There are over 30 to choose from. Make sure to check out Charlie Hustle. They've got some awesome, comfy clothing that will keep you warm all winter long and keep you cool during the summer with some very cozy tees. So with that said, again, visit charliehustle.com and use the promo code 101215 for 15% off of all non-sale items. Steve. Well, actually, I'm going to one-up you on that one. If you can prove that you got one of these Charlie Hustle things through us and also that it got signed by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I'll send you 100 bucks. That's on me. That's not through these guys. But, like, if you can prove it. Yeah, that's on you, dude. That's on that's me. A, that's all on me. That's, I got bills to pay. I'm just saying, you know what? bills to pay. Sure, yep, we're still recording. Yep. Yeah, that was by both of them, and you got it through us. That's 100 bucks. Right, straight in your pocket. So Please don't also get arrested. And no forgeries. Don't get arrested. Yes. You know, they got, like. All the rules. Right. Yeah. The but, rules of the contest uh, as, as, as we're laid out. Speaking of apparel, Justin, uh, if yes. you wouldn't mind showing the people, what are you wearing tonight? Oh. I am wearing a you want to go, go over there a first. very nice shirt. There it is. Cincy like Light, baby. Whoa. Very support, fashionable. Support your local beers because they are supporting our Bearcats. Just and... imagine this is a Cincy Light. Uh, you know, same same idea. Can you give me another one? Kind of vibe. Yes. yes. Let's we'll have beer. another Cincy Light. Yeah, That's, yeah, let's have another That's, Cincy Light. Let's have another. I, uh, off the second, at all your local bars yeah. and restaurants. Speaking of second halves, I was going to say um, speaking of Cincy Light, but continue. Oh, sorry, continue. We are uh, quickly approaching. Well, I guess we're really only through the first quarter, but we're quickly approaching the second half of the football season, which means that we're getting close to the start of the basketball season, and we have recently, just as all of you have seen, found the Bearcats schedule. It has finally come out, Justin. Yeah. We were one of the later teams to release the schedule. I just made a couple notes on it because, you know, going through 30 games is different than going through 12. I don't think people are that interested. You can't really do the read the yeah. schedule game for basketball, you know? Yeah. yeah. But Wes Miller's men, uh, they, uh, we hope you have ESPN Plus because uh, all but six conference games for the Bearcats this year so far will be on ESPN Plus. Hopefully with better broadcasts and graphics. Hopefully with much better broadcasting and graphics. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, I have been paying for ESPN Plus since the end of the basketball season. Very poor choice because I didn't use it at all. But now we're in September and we are one month away. So if I cancel it and then we'll end up with a game on ESPN Plus, probably like Cincinnati versus Baylor this yeah, <laughs> we'll be back to basketball season. Yeah, that might be an ESPN Plus. Set. Start up your ESPN Plus subscriptions on the first game of basketball season. But this isn't That's an what ad. I would this is not an ad. Just no. you know, just just record. Absolutely. Well, you know, if you buy if you buy it, then ESPN uh, whatever uh, yeah, they yeah. can use it to support UC. So, but anyway, uh, only six conference games of the twenty that are on Leaning Your TV, and likely only two more non-conference games on Leaning Your TV. Uh, Xavier was confirmed to be on Norwood State, uh, and then maybe Dayton, maybe or Georgia Tech. 
either one of those two games, maybe. Would Georgia Tech be on, on the uh, CW? Is that an all ACC or is no, that ACC? So that's football? ACC home games and for football. Oh. So uh, that would not be us. So, Sorry, guys. So, it, you know, you're probably just going to have to, and this is probably going to be the evolution of the Big 12 deal on uh, Fox and ESPN. Although Fox is supposed to have more basketball games coming up. So I will say, though, you know, fire up that ESPN Plus. Make sure you use it for these games. Um, I am interested, though, in that the fact that we have a pretty light non-conference schedule, Justin. Yeah, because, super. Like I said, Xavier, Georgia Tech, and Dayton. Those are the three big yep. names that you'd really recognize. The Bearcats do play a road game at Howard University, which I th- will think would be pretty cool. Uh, home and home. Where's that at? Uh, that's in Washington, D.C. Uh, oh, a, cool. a HBCU. So that'll be cool. Um, but a lot of games. And then Justin, there was a, a little bit of a um, uh, on the Catskeller Social Club Discord. Go join it. You you need to go join it. By the way, um, yes, sir. But uh, there were some people that were upset that uh, the midseason tournament event this year, uh, it is just going to be held at home, and those games are not part of the season ticket package. Those are special uh, resell games, uh, first come first serve for oh. people just because they want to try and recreate some of that atmosphere that was at the NIT last year. Yep. Which I like, but you can't really do it for whatever Eastern Washington and Detroit Mercy. Like, no offense to those teams, but that's not really not going to get the people jumping out the seats, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's one of those ones, though, that I really do think that if you get enough juice, you get enough promo going before the season starts, like, that environment... In a loss, unfortunately, that environment that was created against Utah. No, no, that was a road game. Event Virginia Tech was the home game we had that we we won. Oh, right, right, right. The Sorry. NIT, Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. Virginia Tech, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Tech. Landers, Landers played again. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we should we should have had a home game, mind you, against Utah Valley State or whatever they're called. Look at that beautiful court. And um, I have little to say about that except for. Thank you for Aziz. Um, beyond that, honestly, like that environment was super cool. Like, and that was something that I, I we all talked about. Like, when that game ended, we thought about it. it was like that is probably the loudest that I've ever heard the broadcast. Yeah, because it was just all of the people that are screaming their lungs out from the rafters that you can never hear that are just part of the ambient environment. That, like, they're down in the front, and they brought the heat, man. And I remember the players talking about that, Wes talking about that after the game. It was like, that was a super cool environment. If you can create that for some of these games where you're going to be splintering people throughout the, you know, throughout it, if you can focus them a little bit and make a cool, very cool environment. That's The radio cool. mics were peaking during that game. I know. That was what was like, so funny. Just do it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's no reason that you shouldn't. And I, honestly, like, those games... I get that you should want them as part of your ticket package because they're so like small and cheap and you can bring the family to them and stuff. Those games will also probably be like five to ten dollars a ticket. Yeah. They'll probably be dirt cheap. Right. Yeah. Right. So well I, don't know. I, I do think like you know, so Texas has had this a couple for a couple of years now. Well, I don't know under the new coach, but under the old coach, uh, who's at Ole Miss now. Uh, they had a, a thing where they would play a basketball game, a home basketball oh, game yeah. at their volleyball gym, and then they just only would let students in, and they, they created a crazy environment. And, you know, I do think UC probably has to get back to a level where we're going to NCAA tournaments again for students to be really bought in because 
we've got a little football school in us right now, to right, be honest. Yeah. But, yep. you know, if you're able to create that environment, then maybe you're able, you'll get 12,000 students, you know. Yeah, if true. you make it, if Wes keeps on that upward trajectory and keeps building it up. And I do want to mention, you know, the home, or the, the conference games that we have. The big home games are against Texas, Houston, Iowa State, and K-State. And then we're going to go to Baylor, Kansas, and Houston. Um Bill Self, Mafia Don, is going to hand-select the refs for that home Houston for game sure. and give UC the proper welcome to the Big 12 yeah. uh, on the basketball side because, uh, buddy, uh, some of our West Virginia fan friends will tell you mm-hmm. they they have not won at Kansas, and it's not for their lack of trying. It's uh, yeah. the, it's a little bit different when you go to, to Fog Island, not just for the crowd or anything. Uh, you got to win by 20 to win by three. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, Steve, you brought up an interesting point about getting the students involved, and I think – that one of the things I've always kind of thought about for this is why not play more local games? Not like we play Dayton this year. We play Xavier every year. We, we play, play NKU play, this year. NKU. We play Miami before. But like God, I've always thought, like and Ohio, like we go to we went to Hawaii what last year, two years ago for that tournament. We played Ohio State and Louisville. Like we can play those teams here, or we can play something like we got all these great basketball teams in this state, in this area. Why are we not playing these teams? They scurred, Paul. Like yeah. we can they play don't want to play us because they Indiana every year, but we can play in Indiana or well, Louisville. Let's, Pitt, you know, like let's look at it this way. So, what is the value of playing Xavier every year? It's because people are invested. People are invested, but beyond that, what is the value of playing Xavier every year? What is the risk reward system of playing Xavier every year? So you might win, you might not, but you've got a lot of people in there. Yes. And if you have a lot of people in there, that's great. But at the end of the season, when they're looking at wins and losses, it don't mean shit if you lost that game. It doesn't matter if that game was within one point. If you lost that game, you are not going to get credit for losing to Xavier unless they are really good. And you're not going to get credit for losing to Cincinnati unless they're really good. And so I think that's part of the reason why we don't end up with a lot of these other regional rivalries with these other teams like an Ohio State, like a Kentucky, like a Louisville like in Indiana, like some of these other, you know, big basketball programs is because it's too much risk at that point in the season when you can do the good old Mick Cronin cakewalk and you can schedule every cupcake under the sun and you should cruise through that season. And guess what? That regional rivalry, when you just so happen to throw a Miami of Ohio or a Northern Kentucky University in there every once in a while, they're going to find out how to get you. And when they get you, what happened to last season? Because I can tell you, people were juiced all beginning of the season, and you get to that game, you lost a lot of people really fast. And I don't think that there's many programs that want to do that to their own self. Well, I, I also think it's just that, you know, a lot of now, like Calipari, for example, he has like a kind of easy home schedule, and they play that Champions Classic. They play a couple showcase games every year, but you know, for those guys, they're just bringing in a new team every year, and they're literally trying to figure out. Yeah. Like, and they only got a certain amount of games before conference play starts. So, I do think it's something to do with that. But I, I agree, Nick. It's a great idea. I just think, like a lot of things in college sports, uh, it's more about the money now yeah, than yeah, it right. is about the games on the field. But, um, I do wonder though that now the the saddest thing at the end game of this is if like the power five breaks away and then they just hold their own conference tournament, you know, but then say like everybody from the power five gets in to the tournament, then, you know, they'll just schedule all those games against each other. Cause it doesn't really matter. You're just going to get in. Right. Anyway. And then right. 
they're just a one-off tournament and you just go god i hope that never happened i don't think it will i think never getting to see a just random umbc team upset of virginia yeah uh you know those kind of games like that is what the tournament is made for and if they change that they have fundamentally changed the reason why 90% of people watch right the or oral roberts uh what two or three years ago when they beat osu like who had heard of that school outside of tulsa oklahoma and now i mean i know Everybody that game. knows i watched that game yeah. intently and they like and they just played fundamental good basketball and sometimes as a smaller program that's what you peters Fairly Dickinson right. this year. Fairly Dickinson. How many people, more people are going to these schools or hearing about them, you know, increasing that brand value because of this tournament? And if you get away from that, you're screwing all these small schools who might not even have the ability to fight that because See, they sure. don't have money. Well, and then this is something I was talking about to Nick the other day, Justin, but, you know, all these TV companies are losing money right now. And uh, ESPN had to cut people, great people like David Pollack and a bunch of other people just so they can pay Pat McAfee to go, ah! on tv so uh and talk to mix nick saban and be like brother that was a touchdown Aaron. You know, like uh, uh touchdown you know like, uh, the pittsburgh stuff what happens when these tv companies like continue to just not be able to invest as much in sports and then you know it's just the, you know people are going to keep wanting more when if nfl nba team. okay we're getting off on a, on a tangent here. We're supposed to be talking about basketball. <laughs> We're getting real deep. Let me bring us back by saying I'm excited for this year. I saw someone got a waiver approved this year after being at two schools before. So <laughs> fingers crossed. I'm also kind of hoping that the NCAA will see that both of the schools that Jameel Reynolds and Aziz Bandego went to both had coaching changes. Yep. And they will be able to approve those tra- those transfer waivers. Because if we don't have them, we're essentially screwed this year. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of those things, too, that, like, you bank. Like, if you're Wes Miller, like, I am sh- I know that that guy is sweating bullets still. Like, until the day that that comes through that that's approved, you are going to be sweating that out, and you're going to be waiting. Because those guys are dogs. Like, and they are the exact identity of what this team was missing last year. That gigantic void that we had down low, and we just could not fill consistently. You had with a guy like Vic, but realistically, Vic should be playing the four if you've got a guy like Aziz or Jamil playing down at the five. And we just needed that dominant big man, and we just have been missing that. And that is to its core for what we all grew up know and love. That is UC basketball, a dominant big man down low who can go get you a bucket and will do it in your face and give you some nasty, natty basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like, now, that's are, what we need. Are they able to practice until they get the yes or no? They practice the team? Yeah, they're practicing. Yeah, they're, they're full, full practice, yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those things where they can be practicing and they could get in the middle of practice a waiver denial. And, I mean, what do you do from there? Like, the, there's nothing they can do. And that's the worst part about this whole thing. I understand if you have a if there's fundamentally some like violation of a code of conduct or something that the NCA finds as an issue. But honestly, I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass about who's playing on what team and if they're 25 or if they're 20 years old, they do not care. They just want to see people go out there and have fun. And people want to see these people play for their teams. So if somebody leaves, it, I don't understand why, for any reason under the sun, that you should be denying a transfer waiver. It just does not make sense to me. You know why? Because the same coaches 
who were getting all those transfers got upset that other schools were adding transfers and be like, I don't like that. Let's yep. stop it. And then you get Mech Brown saying the NCAA when he probably asked the NCAA, like, it's just funny because all these coaches and administrators, they're the ones that are the NCAA. Yeah, like, yeah. they're sure. the ones that are making the rules. Exactly. And then they complain about the rules. It's like, you made them, right? It's you like, yeah. like this. Isn't it? This is a product of your own creation. JG yes. Daniels is on his fourth team for football, fourth team in four years. He played us in the Peach Bowl, and now he's playing with Rice after playing somewhere else. And yet, we can't get guys to play like one other school, you know, go yeah. three, four years, and then you try to grad transfer or whatever. You can't get that. Like, well, and what's this the is, line? What's the line? I, I find, I just feel very strongly about this, and I could talk, you know, forever on it, but to make it simple, Life moves really fucking fast. Yeah. And at the end of the day, people change their minds. And sometimes you might decide that the place that you're in is not the place for you. And who are you to say, as some parent organization that has no care in the world for upholding anything other than just honestly kind of being a dick, to just say, yeah. We're not going to let you do that. And there's really no reason. There's no reason that says, like, this is a this is a logical thing that makes sense, and therefore you cannot do this. It is purely because they can say no, and there really ain't much else around it. Right. And it's sad. It really is sad because if you are in your life and you're stuck in a weird place, and I'm going way too deep on this, but if you need to course correct, you should not let other people have a say over you. Because if I want to change my job, if I want to do that, I can go. Damn, that must have hurt. <laughs> if I want to change my job, if I find another job, I can go do that. I don't have anybody who says no. Are you legally binded to a contract? Yes. Then stay. If not, nobody can say nothing about it. And I don't understand why the NCAA can do that to athletes. No, it doesn't make if you sense. want if you want them to stay, then pay them. Right. Exactly. But even for like a regular student, you could change your major on a dime. You could change, you know, I, I don't, I, don't like I transferred schools. Like, right? you can I transfer. You can, there's time. unlimited transfers for students. And there's, you know. there's an unlimited amount of reasons why somebody might transfer for, uh, as an athlete. You know, either you just don't like the team, you don't like the school, you know, something happened at home. Lots of different reasons. And so, as long as you're not trying to game the system, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to transfer. Because well, you still have to try out for whatever team, you know, or play for whatever team you're playing for, you know? Yeah. I like all this talk of transfers and course correcting. Mm hmm. Do you know what the Bearcats can do on Friday in Provo, Utah? What can they do? They can course correct. They can can change the trajectory of their season with a W, with us in attendance, cheering our hearts out, hopefully getting free ice cream from the BYU fans. Please. Justin, do you mind if we go and talk about this game? I've been dying. Please, God. I Honestly, when you started talking about the game, I was like, shit, wait, have we not talked about this? (laughs) Wow. We really have been talking for a long time, but that's fine. You know, we're all chilling here. We're fine. And if you're having fun, we're talking about the Bearcats. And if you're not having fun, we're still having fun. So sorry about you. But yeah, I I mean, I think that we're in a very, we're in a very similar position to where we've been the past few weeks. The difference is BYU seems to now have a few injuries. The Bearcats went from dogs to favorites. And uh, yeah, that was a weird line shift. What do you think about that? There's yeah, I think I'll pull up the guys that are out, but it started as BYU minus two and a half, and now it's at UC minus two, and that is just weird to see a flip by five points. Like, does yeah, Vegas knows something? Have they seen our red zone? No, all love, all love, but have they seen our red zone offense? Like, you know, I think what's really happening here is they have seen our red zone offense, and they know that people in Cincinnati like to gamble, and they're seeing that the Bearcats are favorites, and 
they're just saying, okay, the Bearcats are not com- the Bearcats fans are not confident in their team anymore. Now that they're favorites, they might actually bet for them to lose, and therefore we're going to steal their damn money. Damn. I don't know. You're not going to get any money <laughs> on the Utahns. You're not. That's true. You're not going to get any betting money out of them. But if you want to get some money off uh, the Cincinnati folk, uh, make them favorites because people will take that, and it won't be very smart. Um, it's nothing against the Bearcats right now, but we have a lot of stuff to figure out. And the problem is, is it really is only on one side of the ball. I really hate focusing so much on one, one portion of our team, but like the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think it really attributes to any individual player either. I think there's a lot of different stuff. There's dropped passes. There's repetitive plays. There's some passes that just go into like double coverage for no reason. There's, I think there's so many just very designed plays with very little room to improvise. And that improvisation or lack thereof, I think makes or breaks a lot of these first down situations. A lot of these are getting the first down situations. A lot of these, you know, late third down, third and long situations. I think if we can really figure out a way to move the ball and convert in the red zone, this game should be a breeze. BYU is going to be tough. They're going to give us a really, really great environment. But with the way that BYU is looking right now and with the way the Bearcats have looked thus far, if your offense can figure out a way to put a third of the trips that they have to the red zone on the board, you can win this game. So uh, let's break it down just real quick. So uh, I did find this was interesting. BYU is only averaging 61 rushing yards per game. Uh, that is not sack adjusted. So uh, college is weird for uh, counting a sack yardage, uh, yardage as loss of yards. So I didn't really check to see how many times uh, BYU was sacked on Saturday. But uh, they only had nine rushing yards on 22 carries uh, against Kansas. So uh, that is uh, interesting. So I am wondering if this causes Brian Brown. Obviously, he was pretty aggressive against Pitt. And then I've, uh, you know, you guys need to tell me what he did against Miami and Oklahoma. Uh, uh, sorry, he's not aggressive. I, I didn't want you got to tell me what happened. Is not a good enough. Uh, I'll just put it this way: Miami of Ohio should not have scored thirty-one points against the Bearcats, and that is all I have to say about that. Okay, and Oklahoma's good, but no, some things we could no, know better. There, zero. I I will I will hear zero anything about well i don't think you're actually going to that i'm just i will put this out of here i will hear zero discredit towards the defense about the oklahoma oh, they did a great i said job. going in if you hold them under 30 you've done your damn job and they held them to 20 the defense did fantastic against an offense that was scoring over 60 points a game pretty much against everybody so i don't want to hear nothing no that's a fair that's a fair point i, I retract my statement continue so, uh, yeah, third fewest in the nation, 61 yards per game, nine rushing yards on 22 carries last week. Sure. Uh, missing running back Aiden Robbins as well. I think he did play last week, but he will. I, he's likely to not play this week. Okay. So what I'm wondering is, does this force Brian Brown, or not force, does this open him up to drop and play more of a 3-3-5 kind of style? Because if BYU is not able to run the ball effectively already, are you able to take one guy out of the box Maybe put a cup, just play more of a zone coverage and give your cornerbacks who have not just not played as well as you would have liked that ability to have some backup and protection. Yeah. 
and then be able to try and slow down their passing game that way. Now, if you take one out of the box, then maybe if BYU tries to figure it out, they have changed some guys on their offensive line. But I th- that is something that is interesting to me because, you know, if, B- if everybody knows, in the building knows that BYU can't run the ball, they know how they're going to have to beat the Bearcats in this game is by passing. And obviously, secondary, not one of our strong suits this year. But, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Well, and I think you make an interesting point there because here's the way I look at it. I don't think our defense, the Miami game towards the end, I, and honestly, here's the thing too. I hate harping on this game because it's one of those ones that just should not have got away from you. But the defense, sure, they let up a handful of points, but really your offense should have converted so many more of those trips to the red zone. That should have been a game where the Bearcats are scoring 40-plus. And that shouldn't have been within within doubt. And when you do that, you deflate a Miami offense who's pushing real hard. But when you get to a game like Oklahoma, I think they showed a lot of, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they showed a lot of ability to, A, shut down Oklahoma, but B, to flex and, and to, you know, to improvise and to change and to adjust to what Oklahoma was showing them. And I think that that's the thing where our offense, if our offense can build off of that and show the same thing, if BYU's defense decides that, hey, we're finding some openings because they're dropping back a little bit and we're going to run them the ball, our defense, I think, can adjust really freaking fast to that. I don't think that their offense is dynamic enough to commit to that unless we are continuously giving them that. However, if they decide to pass the ball the full game, it's going to be an interesting one. I no, think for sure. I entirely agree. I mean, I think excited what you said with adjusting and flexing, like in Miami, I don't think we did enough of that. I think we got we let Gabbert run just I think twice a quarter basically and in overtime. Hey, we go for like twenty yard carries yeah. and it's like we're not leaving one spy on this guy. But then in Oklahoma, we absolutely did. We adjusted. You know, I don't think Gabriel's as much of a runner these days as it yeah. used to be. Right. Uh, anyway, but um, you know, we definitely adjusted, kept those guys to short games if we could. Like I think if we like you said, if we just you know, and we've seen the film. We've got four weeks of film. If we see that, we're like, okay, here's what they're probably gonna do, and we try to keep on that. And if they wanna, if we do three, three, five, and we and they start running, we just throw another fourth guy in there, go four, three again. But I think we can hold strong. And offense, like you said, is a question. But defense, special teams as well, they're very consistent this year. You know, they got Keaton Slovis though throwing the ball. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I am That's just gonna get clipped, you know. <laughs> just make the hua sound. There's a lot more BYU fans than I know. I, they're I, gonna I, probably they have a infrastructure. They have cover. I was reading the Deseret News and they had four different articles on the Bearcats. Was like, yeah, I think you guys got more covers than the Inquirer covers the Bearcats. There's so way more people guys. in Utah just in general than anybody would have expected. I don't think that. Yeah, I, there's I, a lot of trampolines there too. What are they doing on those trampolines? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> let's 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 uh, let's yeah, steer yeah. away from. Anyway, that. yeah, it's but, just, uh, Utah gets away with us from us because there's not a whole lot of major sports there, but there's a ton of people in Salt Lake and Provo, and like you know, they got a lot of fans there. There are, is a ton of people, but one of them that will not be playing in Friday night's game is leading tacker, tackler and starting middle linebacker Ben Bywater. He did. Uh, injure his shoulder in the game against Kansas, and it looks like he will not be able to go. That is a big loss for BYU. Justin, I was asking about why the line changed. Can you mention that, that those injuries, that couple mm-hmm. other guys, and then there's a couple other guys I mentioned uh, that I haven't mentioned that were looking to be questionable for Friday. Um, do you think that's kind of why the line shifted? 
because it is weird for UC to go on the road short week and be favored. I I believe so. I mean, personally, unless there was something that they saw in their loss to um, shit, who did they play? Kansas. Thank you, Kansas. I said that. It was looking um, really good this year. Yes, and <laughs> somebody said something good. about that. Uh, uh, about them being four zero and they're not. Uh, you know, ending at the end of the season, right? But regardless, I do think it is very interesting that the line has changed because, I mean, it makes sense if you've got some guys, key guys that are going to be out. But when the line's actually shifting, I think shows that there's probably something that was seen against that loss to Kansas, perhaps that there might not be as much belief in Kansas as their record might show, and that they saw something in the Bearcats defense against a very, very good Oklahoma offense that if you just turn a couple gears the right direction, that that offense is flowing. And that's the thing here, guys. I mean, the key takeaway for going in this game against BYU is all you have to do is just, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like trying to keep a bull in a China shop with this offense right now. That bull is stuck in the closet. And all you got to do is just freaking unlock that door, man. And this thing is going to, we are going to start rolling over some teams. But until that happens, you know, everything's just going to be the way it is. Like, it's unless you can really figure out how to turnkey that offense, our defense is going to continue to shut teams down and dominate them. But it ain't going to mean jack shit if you can't put points on the board. And that's really all it comes down to. So I'm hoping that this is not a redo of uh, the Friday night game that UC played against BYU What's in not? October of 2015, uh, where they lost. Uh, BYU scored 21 in the fourth quarter. Our head coach at the time punted uh, punted the ball away instead of uh, going was that for again? It. I don't want to mention it. Current U.S. State Senator. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm just hoping that this is not a redo of that. I do feel confident about our defensive front. Uh, being able to stop that run, like we talked about, force BYU to pass, maybe drop another guy back. Hoping Sammy Anderson is able to play this week. Sean Pace should be back this week after some uh, issues that kept him out of the game last week. Um, and I do think that the Bearcats can come out and win this game. It just, are they going to play like they did against Pitt, or are they going to play like they did against the last uh, uh, in the last two games? You know, they yeah. be able. I think. What they did against Pitt, just come right out, punch him in the mouth, be able to take advantage of a couple turnovers and get up to that pretty early fast lead. I think that'd be great. You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's the key here is like if you score a few quick early, I mean that's that pit game, honestly, looking back on it, we should have lost with the way that that team was playing. And the way that at, fourth quarter went. Exactly. Yeah. That fourth quarter, like we should have lost that game, but our defense was absolutely what they have been over the past few years and is as playing to expectation. So if your defense can keep you in a game, if you could just put some on the board and then just ride it out, which is the most stressful, antagonizing, uh, heart rate-inducing issue that I hate watching with this team i can't stand it if you can find a way to put a couple points on the board just ride it out and find a way to freaking win that's all that really matters in this game because like we've said you know with the uh miami game i'm trying to remember who said that maybe it was hunter or somebody else on one of our spaces but somebody said recently 
find it, I'll quote you. That if you lose, if you, you know, look back and you don't lose that Miami game, you're probably not going to have as many gripes going forward if you lose to a game like Oklahoma. Sure, if that game goes to overtime and you win, you're going to be like, wow, that was a that was a rough one. And there was a lot of issues there. We can highlight those. But then you go play Oklahoma. Maybe you lose for the same reasons, but at least you didn't lose to Miami. Now that you've lost to Miami, you've lost to Oklahoma. The only thing that matters at the end of this, no matter how ugly this game could look, is you got to find a way to win. And it, it, it just proves that at the end of it, you found a way to put enough pieces together to win against a team that is expected to be meh. And so I was talking about that, about momentum. Who do we play after this? We have a bye week and then bye we host Iowa State. Right. Uh, and then we host Baylor after that. And, buddy, I am licking my chops right. for the Baylor game. Oh, and, you know, yeah. yeah. But if you have no momentum, you know, you have three losses going into Iowa State, who's not a bad team by any stretch. Like, that that's it's a tough sell for, for fans, for your players. Like, you know, you got to have momentum, got to have something going. If we put up a, at least at least put up a competitive game here. It shows, you know, we're not on a slide, but yeah. Well, I mean, homecoming, you know, people yeah, are going to be there. Maybe Taylor Swift will be there. there. I'm just saying, like, no, I got to show people just the, the mood around the, around the right. fan base. I agree. So, I mean, I'm hoping that UC can come away with it. Last road game I went to, Justin, we can wrap this up. The Indiana game in 2021. And then, you know, the Bearcats took care of business in that game. So. Yeah. So you're saying that the last time that you went to a road game, the Bearcats went to the college football playoff. Uh, I don't think we can get there with two losses this year, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. The last uh, Bearcat home game I went to was the uh, uh, Houston game in 2021. So. Oh, that's see, no, you had a good, you had a good leave off. You got to go to yeah. the road game where we beat the brakes off of Indiana, and then you got to go to the home game for Olympic party. Going to Notre Dame. You know, my last home game was Tulane. Hey, same. Oh, what a terrible, what an awful game. That, that game, we were that on game autopilot. That was Joe's time. first game. Yeah. I felt so bad. I was like, this is not what we expect when we come into this building. Yeah. We expect to win, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. We expect right. to win, yeah. and we did not. So that year I went to Indiana, UCF, and Houston. So I'd say I got three pretty good games. Yeah. And I went so, to game day against Tulsa. So, and I missed that yeah. game. So. Yeah. I'd say it was pr- three pretty good ones. But, uh, so. You know, I for, for anything, for, for looking out, I'm looking forward to, uh, one, the Cougar Tales. Heard great things. But also, seeing what kind of antics Cosmo and the Bearcat are going to pull up. Because I don't know yes, if you've Cosmo true. on social media. That that mascot, I mean, he just he pulls out all the stuff. He, he Cosmo pulls out all the stops, you know. Is it, there, there's like a Cosmet, isn't there? Well, not, Cos, not Cosmet. Uh, uh, I thought there was like a little get, girl version of I, I don't know. Cosmo. But, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. those two are going to get some crazy things. I'm very excited to see that. Are you thinking of uh, Shasta's wife from Houston? No, I thought the BYU I might had, be, uh, I might had be a female mascot. You know, they're, they're, both, know. they're both cougars, so. so let's, let's talk I, about this. Not to bring up our friends over at Norwood State, but our friends over at Norwood State, they had to create a whole other mascot because their mascot was scaring kids. If there's one mascot that is unsettling that? when I look into its eyes, it is Cosmo. I know that the BYU fans love Cosmo, but I'm sorry, but that face is terrifying. It looks like a, it looks like, I don't know. It, it looks like a mask that somebody rolls up in to like purge your house. <laughs> Justin, I'm sure, but like if you're that athletic, Cosmo is awesome. You've like, seen that, I like, love he's Cosmo like, as a jumping mascot. Off tables, like jumping. No, I know the guy is a beast, it's but so he cool. is the face on Cosmo is just <laughs> terrifying because it's like I think what it is 
is all the other mascots in all of football, basketball, so on. They've got like normal human body with like, you like know, a covering Disney and face. a giant fucking head. Yeah. And you go in and look at the BYU mascot and it's like, no, that's a human head. That's just a hulked up cat. You know, you gave Costco some credit, but is he the national back to back mascot? I swear you just said I Costco. I said Cosmo. No, you said Costco. You, you said, definitely you said, said Costco. Costco. Well, that's what I think of your mascot, BYU. Oh, I, I like he's him. He's a, 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 a very big warehouse store. What do you think? The back to back national, national champion of mascots. You're going to have to remind me. Hmm. I, I just took a picture with him at a wedding this summer. It's Bearcat. So you better catch up because Chris Helmers and the Bearcat, they're coming for you, Cosmo. Going crazy. Costco. You better be ready. That's you better look out. I mean, I think we're getting a preview, an early preview of Honey, the you got 2023, a big 2024 coming. national championship That's matchup right here. <laughs> Regardless, I think that covers just about everything other than the Bearcat Sports wrap up. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together like for the Bearcat Sports. Sorry, continue. We got off topic here. You no, good? We're, we're good. I'm, I'm not. I can't do sounds. Okay. Well, that we could rotate these. This. Okay. I think we could. We yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll just hand my. Oh, phone oh it's not very long. There, Nick. So. Uh, it's only five. Yeah. You know, go back and forth. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. We will start with. The soccer team. The soccer team lost to TCU at home on Thursday, unfortunately, but they defeated Iowa State one nothing for UC's first Big Twelve win as a school. Congratulations to the women's soccer team. Proud of you. They will be playing at number six BYU on Thursday and at Texas Tech on Sunday. So maybe they'll pull off an upset. Yeah, I've seen some Just, of BYU soccer's highlights because they share with the Big Twelve conference. They're they're really good at soccer. Yeah. So we'll see. Hope hope the best there. Why don't you tell us about the volleyball? Yeah, team, sure. Right? Volleyball, you know, unfortunately dropped two matches to UCF, hated rival. But uh, you know, this week they're playing at K State. Uh Saturday, is that one or two matches? Uh that'll be one match. Just one match. All right, well, you know, hoping for the best with the volleyball team there. Women heading over to the links here. They competed in the Texas Tech Invitational this past week, and they will visit K-State on Monday and Tuesday. Another K-State matchup. There. Monday and Tuesday. Fun. Back to you, Nick, yeah, for yeah. tennis. So tennis, yeah. So the Bearcats, they won seven singles, four doubles in the uh, Dayton Invitational this weekend. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, they're going to Indiana this weekend for the Hoosier Classic. So hoping for big things there from the tennis team. Hope you guys don't get stuck on that one road into Bloomington. That was uh, <laughs> not, not very not good. Yeah. That. So... Uh, and then the hockey team did not have the greatest weekend up against Adrian, but they will host three games this upcoming weekend, two against Indiana, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and one game against dreaded rival Miami on Sunday. So, you know, instant redemption for the football team available on Sunday for the hockey team. I went to the uh, UC hockey versus Xavier last year. That was a fall out of fun. I'm still waiting for them to sell jerseys. I'd buy a UC hockey jersey. I think the raffling went off. If you I've want asked to go them about it. I'm like, hey, can I buy one? They're like, well, we're not selling them, but we have a few to raffle. It's like, all right. I, Somehow Travis Kelsey got his hands on one. I, I don't know. Of course. I think when you're that, I think you would just buy your own at that point. Still unfair. Still very unfair. Well, you know, he's got the jersey. He's got Taylor, possibly Taylor Swift now. I mean, but which one? Travis Kelsey has Bearcats jerseys out the wazoo, and he has Taylor Swift. Possibly. Just give us the Bearcats jersey so you can keep <laughs> so Taylor. One. I just want one win here, man. Just give me one. I can't. I can't get Taylor. So just give me the jersey. Well, 
gentlemen, I think we've talked plenty long enough. Uh, yeah. We've put some beers in us, and at this point, we're going to have to ride these beers all the way through the end of the game on Friday night because there will be no drinking on Friday. We will be sober with the rest of all of the BYU fan base. Probably not. We'll find some beers somewhere. But with that said, we will find you somehow on Friday. We're going to find some BYU fans that we've already interacted with. Very fun. We do look forward to meeting our friends over at the Hype Train Pod. New members of the 1012 Network representing the BYU little portion there. So we're excited to see them. We're excited to see a few other fans who have already uh, we're taking up some offers there to go visit them uh, and just get to know some of the crowd. I think it's going to be a really fun game. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's my first time there. I think it's mine as well. Yeah. Mine as well for you guys too. So good old trip to Lavelle Edwards stadium. We'll see if it holds up to the hype. I'm sure it will. Uh, Provo, we're ready for you. We coming. Do you believe? <laughs> and we ain't backing down. We and, ain't hard to find. So we'll end this on since we got three people here. We're going to go FIBA cast end this out. So thank you all for listening. And uh, we're going to send you off with a good night. Bye. Wow. That was really clean. Good night, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network.